Good morning, and welcome to Cox Media Houston's Public Affairs Show, FYI. My name is Susie Hanks. Uh, this coming weekend is uh, one of the big events in the area to help fight against breast cancer. And there is a uh, bold goal this year with the Suman, Susan uh, G. Komen Race for the Cure. And so with us today, we have breast cancer survivors, Charna Falls and Cindy Sines. Good morning, ladies. Good morning, Susie. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We are um, so happy and thankful to have you here and have you here as well as in being alive because you guys have been through um, a, a very extremely, incredibly tough challenge and and and, uh, and we're so lucky to have you here. And so we want to, uh, first of all, tell people that the race is coming up and we're going to give the information a couple of times throughout the the show about how to sign up, but the um, the the race for the cure is coming up. What day? October first, Saturday, October first, at Sam Houston Park, downtown. Okay, and um, tell me about it. What time does it start? It's actually going to start at eight a.m., but you can arrive somewhere between six thirty and seven a.m. Okay, but the actual start time is eight a.m. Okay, um, can people still sign up? Yes, they can. They can still sign up at www.comen-houston.org. Okay. Um, In fact, before 12 noon on Friday, they can still get a discount if they sign up quickly. Oh, great. Okay. So get in there and get signed up. um, So people are going to be signing up to Race for the Cure, raising awareness to fight breast cancer. Do um, people have to, are are there... Um, give me kind of an idea of if they race for somebody that they know. Do they sign up with a team? Are they trying to get other people to f- to fundraise? Can they just sign up to to race by themselves? They can sign up as survivors or supporters. And if you sign up as a survivor, you get a special shirt, a red shirt that says Survivor 2016. And if you sign up as a supporter, you can support any family member or friend. And you receive a white shirt. Everyone who's actually participating in the run will receive their race number. Um, you can run as a timed racer, a runner, or as not timed. And so it just depends on how you'd like to um, sign up. How le- how long is the how long is the race? <laughs> as quickly as you can move. Exactly. <laughs> no, but like distance. What's the distance? Oh, there's, it's a 5K. 5K. Um, and then there's Which is all, totally doable right. for people yeah. to walk or run. Yeah. You don't have to run the whole thing. There's also a family walk um, so that if you're not signed up for the competitive or non-competitive walk, um, you can do, or run, I should say, you can do the family walk, um, which a lot of people will also do. Yeah. And do you, um, if, if, if you sign up, can't, do you get other people to pledge money f- to you or do you get people to go out with you on your team or can you sign up on a team or can you just show up by yourself? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> you can sign up as a team and have your supporters with you and, and collect um, your donations as a team. You can sign up as an individual um, competitor and in fact, we were discussing timed and non-timed. So if you want to sign up for the timed race, you can do that. Raise money on your own portal through the Susan G. Komen website, which is komen-houston.org. Or you can um, actually walk up the day of the race, and you can sign up on that day too. So it's never too late. And then what is the uh, alternative if you don't want to get up and go to the race but would still like to participate? 
there's actually a sleep in for the cure. So sleep it al- in, yeah. yeah, allows you to stay in that morning and raise funds um, through the using the website, the www. Komen Houston.org. Okay. So you can just uh, snooze and yeah. <laughs> make money while you're snoozing. Exactly. Uh, we are talking with breast cancer survivors, Charna Falls and Cindy Sines, who are participating in the Race for the Cure for the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure. It's coming up on Saturday, the uh, 1st of October. Um, both of you are breast cancer survivors. Um, if I could maybe uh, have you share a little bit about your stories with me. Charna, tell me. Uh, uh, about what happened to you? I was diagnosed um, 13 years ago. I was diagnosed with stage 2 ductal carcinoma, and I was 35 years old, a wife and stay-at-home mom of two little boys. One is with me today. He is a grown man now. So, um, (laughs) yes, this is one of my supporters, one of my biggest cheerleaders. Um, and life was great. I had two little boys, you know, just living the family life, no symptoms whatsoever. And it was only because I went to my regular well woman exam that my doctor noticed, um, irregularities in my breast tissue. And that's when he wrote the order for me to get my first mammogram. I was actually 34 when I got my first mammogram, and I received the diagnosis the day after my 35th birthday. Wow. So I feel incredibly blessed. Now, when you say irregularities, what did he, was there a lump, or what did he, uh, he or she feel? Um, my doctor felt um, my breasts were fibrocystic. They were very um, Kind of dense. Thick, yeah. Dense, mm-hmm. and it's really difficult to even do self-exams when you have breasts like mine. And my doctor, who's Dr. Balot, he is an amazing, amazing doctor in the medical center. Um, he just, he said, you know, I'm not sure, but just to be on the safe side, I'd like for you to go to get your first mammogram. And I'm so thankful to this day that he was proactive about it because the American Cancer Society only recommends that women get their first mammogram at the age of 40. So I was very fortunate that my doctor wrote the order at the age of 34. Yeah, that's, and I received that's fairly my diagnosis young. at 35. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'm very fortunate that I was insured. I wasn't working at the time. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't have any worries as far as taking time off work, that kind of thing. And I became involved with Coleman Houston because there are so many people that face challenges other than just their diagnosis, just taking the time out noticing irregularities on their own or accepting the news from their doctor and being very vigilant about going to get the mammogram, not just blowing it off because really it could only take a few weeks for cancer to grow. And once you find out that you do have um, a certain type of cancer, at least in my case, I was immediately admitted to the hospital. Yeah. Um, it's uh, amazing that he was, uh, 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 so um, I, I guess that he observed it, that he yes. that he could see it and, and, and told you to do it and that you did it. I think a lot of times maybe some women might get the recommendation to go do it or might even have a sneaky suspicion that something's going on and then they, and they don't do it. They're in denial. I've heard many stories like that, many stories. Um, I've, I've actually heard stories of people in the medical profession who have 
been in denial. And for that reason, I'm so thankful that I had a wonderful support system in my husband. Um, My husband at the time, he was an HR director. And so for him to be an HR in benefits, he knew exactly, he'd heard the stories from other women. And as young as I was, I really, um, I wasn't sure. I didn't have a family history. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe it's not that big of a deal. And he looked at me. We were actually on vacation. And I said, I got a letter. He said, you need to go as soon as we get back. And I did. And I'm very thankful to my my doctor, my husband, and my family for being supportive of me. But But my husband was my greatest support of all. Because, like I said, I don't have a family history, and I was very young, and I felt great. I was active. There was no sign at all. And I don't want anyone else out there to think that just because they feel okay or just because they don't feel something, that there isn't something wrong. Those regular well woman exams are mandatory. You really need to go to those and then listen to your doctor. Yeah. Did you think maybe it was a mistake? (laughs) I would think, well, it's got to be a mistake. Well, actually, he wasn't sure. And then when I got to the mammogram, the nurse there, um, when I I had to go to the mammogram and then go to a biopsy, and she says, you know, I've done this for a long time. This does not, I don't don't think this is cancer. Mm -hmm. So you could only imagine what I felt like when I received the phone call. Because I'm going on, which I, you know, I know that people speculate sometimes, and I I don't blame her for that. I was actually really happy, but at the same time, I kind of let my guard down, and I thought, well, you know, I'm fine. So when I got the um, phone call, I was actually gardening, and I fell into my flower bed (laughs) because I was just completely taken aback. I could not believe it. But again, I had a wonderful, wonderful doctor. Actually, he's still my doctor. And he said, I want you to come into my office right now. And, you know, that was history and everything went very well. In fact, I did not have to go through radiation or chemo because I was there fast and um, everything went very smoothly and seamless. Yeah. But you had surgery. Yes, I did. Had surgery. I did have a mastectomy and reconstruction, and um, and it went well. And it was um, it was unilateral. And we're talking um, with uh, Charma. I'm sorry, uh, Charma Charna. Falls and uh-huh. and uh, Cindy Signs, uh, who are breast cancer survivors, about the Susan G. Komen Race for the Cure coming up uh, on Saturday the first. Charma, you um, also uh, helped a member of your family. Tell me about that. I did. I did. Um, I have a cousin who was a little concerned about her. um, You know, she was a little hesitant as well. But actually, I spoke with lots of people in my family just about my experience because, like I said, I did not have a family history. And my cousin's actually five years older than me. Uh, She did do her self-checks, and she was also diagnosed with breast cancer. And she was able to go through um, radiation, and she had a lumpectomy. So 
today she's doing very, very well, and she will be at the race as well. So that's my cousin Carolyn, and i um, very proud of her, and she's a fighter as well. It's amazing to me that we didn't have a family history, and then all of a sudden in our generation, two of us are diagnosed. Mm. But ladies as well as the guys out there, you should not think because you do not have a family history that it can't happen to you because it can actually happen to anyone. Yeah. And that's great that we're talking about the men, too, because there are cases of men having uh, a breast cancer. And for some men, that's going to be even harder for them to deal with and harder for them to make themselves go in and, and get checked and harder for them to ask a doctor what's going on here. I think when we discuss those private areas of our bodies, we some people are hesitant. Some people are actually hesitant because they don't feel comfortable having an exam. Um, breast cancer to women may be like prostate cancer is to men. It's something a lot of people don't want to talk about, may not want to admit out loud. But in doing so, you actually open the doors to other people to ask questions, learn more about it, educate themselves, feel more comfortable. And that's when I, where I decided to speak out because I was one of those people. I'm, I'm actually a very private person. And I thought, well, you know, this is my experience and it's behind me. And, you know, no need to talk about it out loud because, you know, it's it's over and done. But then I realized that women are getting diagnosed at young ages. I mean, if I, I was young, and when I was in the hospital, I was actually at MD Anderson, I was not the only person in my 30s. Yeah, it's something that we don't, uh, that when we're younger, we don't even really think about. And and I guess that your your experience is absolutely proof that it that we need to start thinking about it earlier. Absolutely. And actually, I did hear of a teenager that was there at MD Anderson fighting breast cancer. So we should not take anything for granted. And just because you look healthy, just because you feel healthy, just because you work out, eat well, cancer does not discriminate. Yeah. Um, we are talking about the Susan G. Komen uh, Race for the Cure, which is coming up on October the 1st. also have breast cancer survivor Cindy Signs here today. Cindy, can you tell us about your story? Um, sure. Um, thanks for having us. Um, this, um, thanks for promoting and the awareness here that uh, we're getting. Um, I was diagnosed at age 36, and I do uh, my uh, survivorship's now 13 years as well. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the big thing that for me was that I was doing my breast self exam. My um, gynecologist at the time, he always had me watch back in the day. I say back in the day, it was a VHS tape. Um, where they show you how to do your breast self-exam. And it was one of those, actually a Komen um, tape. It was funded by Komen. So great, uh, amazing. Um, so anyways, I was doing my breast uh, self-exam, and he had said uh, when I first went in, it was around November, and uh, which was um, in 2002. And he, was, he said, well, let's just wait and see because uh, typically you'll tend to get lumps around your menses, uh, and so we waited, and then in January, it wasn't going away, so he sent me to a breast surgeon, and she, imme she immediately did a fine needle aspiration, ordered a mammogram for me, 
and an ultrasound, and um, I was diagnosed with uh, in stage two invasive ductal carcinoma, and it was poorly differentiated, so it was aggressive, and uh, it was hor- a hormone receptor positive, and it was Herceptin negative. So I-, I tell you those things because each one of those um, helps to determine what your treatment's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, because of some of those, I had treatment in specific, uh, I was also patient at MD Anderson, and um, and so what MD Anderson allowed me to do was participate in a clinical trial. Oh, great. So, and clinical trials are funded by um, grants such as that Komen will often um, donate or grant mm-hmm. um, based off the donations that we get every year. And so my doctor at the time was actually participating in one of the studies that Komen was doing. So um, anyways, at that time, I decided to have a lump- uh, lumpectomy, which was a conservative approach, um, followed by um, eight courses of chemotherapy, which was FEC and uh, also tamoxifen and Zaloda. Zaloda was what they were, what was part of the chemical, uh, the clinical trials at the time. And also the FEC was part of the clinical trials as well. The the E was Eperubicin, which is um, a less invasive um, chemotherapy as opposed to, I think people hear about uh, the red devil, which is areomycin, which is the stuff that makes you sick. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, anyways, I chose to do the FEC and be part of the clinical trial. And while at MD Anderson, I actually participated in several um, clinical trials, uh, many of which, as I mentioned, are used today as part of um, treatment. So I'm a huge um, proponent for Komen and have been ever since um, I became a survivor. Um, I've been participating in the race since since um, I was still going through radiation. Well, actually, followed by my chemo, I had uh, six weeks of radiation, uh, followed by five years of taking a drug called tamoxifen, and then five years of taking a drug called Famara, uh, which were also in clinical trials. Uh, well, actually, tamoxifen has been used for a long time. Sorry, I'm talking a little fast. That's all right. No problem. <laughs> but... Um, so a lot of those drugs were, were being uh, tried, you know, in different ways to, to ensure that today that men and women are being treated with a less invasive treatment, um, which is part of the whole reason for clinical trials. Right. Uh, some, some of the side effects that you got um, with Zalota, um, it's called Hannon, um, I want to say Hannon foot disease. My hands were blistered. Um, I couldn't put my clothes on. I couldn't button anything. So they... By the time I had my last chemo, they'd figured out exactly. Then I didn't get the side effects. Mm-hmm. So it was the last one. Um, so anyways, again, uh, the reason for doing clinical trials is so that we can uh, ensure that we're providing less or that doctors are providing less invasive um, uh, treatment for patients. So some of the drugs that you were actually taking are now available to everybody. Right. Be- and you were part of that whole entire thing. Right. And and also, uh, I guess what you're saying is that um, that they can, I, I guess, um, tailor the treatments to people now right. specifically rather than just kind of a shotgun approach. Exactly. So Herceptin was also at the time under clinical trials, um, which is the HER2 new um, it's a gene. Uh, I'm not sure it's a gene, but uh, the hurts you new. Depending on how you, um, like, if you're negative or positive, you can take a, a drug called Herceptin. At the time, it was uh, under clinical trials, and now it's used regularly. So that's another, you know, just amazing um, 
research that's being done with with funds provided um, by organizations like Komen Houston. So. That's got to be an amazing feeling to know that you were there at the beginning and now met, uh, thousands of people are being treated and successfully um, because of the things that you went through. Exactly. I mean, for me, one of the, the biggest um, not so happy experiences of chemotherapy was um, just the fact that um, I didn't freeze my eggs because I didn't think about that. I just wanted to, you know, address the cancer. And so I didn't freeze my eggs. And um, I think now if you go into MD Anderson, they're they're talking about that, you know, where 13 years ago we weren't necessarily talking about that. It was like it was something I would talk about with my my gynecologist. And um, at the time, we just decided to, to get mm-hmm. my treatment done. And so um, what chemotherapy also does is cause infertility. So uh, because of that, I'm unable to have children. But so now, you know, I think we can do, or I say we, because I feel like I'm part of it, mm-hmm. um, that the hospitals are able to do something uh, more proactive towards that. So. Yeah, because of your experience then, that's uh, that's all the evolution. Right. It's really changed so much. In um, I mean, you both are longtime survivors, and there's more and more things available um, now today because of the research and things, mostly or a lot of it paid for by Susan G. Komen by grants. And that's what's so incredible about this uh, Race for the Cure is that so much money is used here locally um, and nationally for research. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, there's when you sign up and you pay your money to to pay in the race and you do the fundraising. Where are the funds going? The funds are going. Seventy five percent of the funds stay right here in Houston towards research that's done, which I've talked about. Uh, it's gone uh, for advocacy programs. It's gone to the community to support uh, treatment um, for and mammograms. Um, and then also education, which I've um, mentioned in a simple VHS tape. So uh, it also, uh, part of the funds also go toward, some of that 75% has also gone to organizations like uh, American Cancer Society in the past, uh, Young Survival Coalition, which is an organization which supports uh, women under 40 with breast cancer. There's also um, The Rose, which provides mobile mammographies for uh, underprivileged um, um, women and men. So there are definitely um, benefits that you're seeing that where 75% of it's staying right here. The other 25% does go to our national organization. However, oftentimes that is actually coming right back to Houston because so much of the research is done right here in our medical center. Yeah, And every $150 raised will provide a free mammogram for a lady or gentlemen. Um, so for any participant, Komen does ask that you can raise at least $150 if you are participating in the race. Yeah, just to, to at least raise enough for one mammogram. Right, right. And one of the goals of uh, Komen in Houston is to um, fund how many, I think that they've set a goal this year for how, how many mammograms, do you know? Uh, 16,000 is what we would like to fund. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's it's a a great uh, it's possible we we can do it that the goal this year is to raise 2.5 million dollars so um that's what we look towards and this is these are for um the uh, not people without insurance and things right this is for because oftentimes that's the barrier somebody a, a woman or a man has an issue but they can't get a mammogram right underserved communities um is our goal we would like to reach those in underserved communities 
And there are so many people out there. Some people um, are not covered for certain things. And um, these non, the other organizations that Komen supports, um, like the Rose, would possibly provide free mammograms, even free transportation, as well as patient advocates um, and education. Yeah, thanks to the funding. Um, when we say uh, Houston, Komen Houston, it's not just Houston, is it? Tell me about the area that. No, uh, yeah, the, the area Houston. is uh, Brazoria, Chambers, uh, Fort Bend. Galveston, Harris, Montgomery, Liberty counties. Uh, so it's the seven surrounding counties. A huge, huge organization. Huge organization. So, and this year's race for the cure is coming up Saturday, October the 1st. What is the goal that you guys have? Our goal this year is to raise $2.5 million. So, um, and then our, so it doesn't end on October 1st. We um, raise uh, funds through um, the end of all, all the way to December, December, December the 1st of December. Right. Right. They will still accept donations. Okay. Yes. Right. So I understand last year, um, this has been wildly successful for how many years here locally? I mean, they've been around for a long time. They've been this doing is the our 26th, 26th year of the race. 26th year of the race. I mean, this years. is really a time-tested, proven, uh, incredible fundraiser. But last year had a hiccup, and it was kind of uh, had to do with some outside yes, influences, right? we did. We had some weather issues last year, weather and um, the race had to be canceled. That is very uncommon for Komen, but in that instance, Komen definitely wanted to make sure everyone was safe first and foremost. So this year, we have a lot of making up to do, and that's why we'd like for everyone who was going to come out last year to definitely come out this year, because um, we would like to raise $2.5 million. And also, just one other point, over the course of the past 25 years, Komen has raised $52 million. And so that's why we know that we can do this, and we know that we have a lot of making up to do. And we'd also like to invite everyone to continue going to Komen-Houston.org to sign up. Sign up for yourself, sign up your kids, sign up your coworkers, your spouses, your friends. We want everyone out there. Cheerleading teams, football teams, everybody come out there, <laughs> cheer us on. We need your help. We need your support. And every little bit counts. Don't feel like any donation is too little. Every penny counts. And tell me just quickly, we just have about uh, uh, four minutes left, but tell me um, your experiences at the race, because that's pretty heartfelt, isn't it? It's pretty amazing to be out there participating, yeah. whether you're a survivor or a supporter or just want to be involved. But tell me about um, quickly. It's absolutely, absolutely amazing. My first year, there was, uh, it was huge. It was, I, th- I want to say there was 26,000 people was still in the post Oak area over here. And everybody there, you just could feel the the support from everybody um, that uh, there was people, there's cheerleaders high-fiving you. There's there's great support for the survivors um, at the race, which is, is part of the, a treat, uh, not treatment, but part of the whole progression of your, you know, survivorship. So right. um, it's a great support system in addition to the awareness it creates and the funds it raises. So. It's absolutely exciting, exhilarating. It is, I compared it to a rock concert because you see everyone yelling, screaming, a sea of pink. Um, There are school kids, um, little, you, you even see infants in strollers. My family comes out, my husband, my boys, when they were little boys, they used to hold up their signs and they would cheer mom on. And the most wonderful thing is just, 
knowing during the time that you hear people yelling and screaming, you know, go, 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 you can do it. You're just thinking to yourself when you're running this race, I am here. My life was saved. And look at all of these people around me here to support me. And they will hug you. They will cheer you on. And when you cross the finish line, they call your name. If you are a survivor, they call your name. And that's something I can still hear. I still hear them calling my name when I cross the finish line. So it's been absolutely amazing. And actually, this has been a gift. I don't consider it something negative. I consider it something very positive because I can make my experience a blessing to someone else. So it has been a gift. Well, thank you very much. It's been a gift to have you both here today. Thank you for talking to us, um, breast cancer survivors. Charna Falls and uh, Cindy Signs, and um, thank you for coming. And what is the website one more time if somebody wants to participate in the Race for the Cure? Sure, it's www.komen-houston.org. And how do you spell Komen? A lot of people K-O-M-E-N. are going to want K-O-M-E-N. K-O-M-E-N. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Susie Hanks, and you've been listening to FYI. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.